1: It is so good to be back. Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 three three Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley and Nate Hansen. Max Barr's got the day off. It's all good. But guys, it's been so long since we've had a chance to, to do the podcast. A lot has happened in Rip City, so there's no shortage in topics. Heck of an off season. I know a lot of Blazers fans are fired up about everything that we've seen uh over the last week or so so i want to get your guys' opinions on that but first let's just start with a hello and and welcome (laughs) back because it's it's been so crazy we've mentioned this over and over that we're just living in unprecedented times where things change often and our schedules have just been so different than what we're used to and that's really gotten in the way of the podcast but this podcast has been on our minds. we've been thinking about it, and now, with the Portland Trailblazer season appearing to come back now seemed like the best time to get out there and 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 reintroduce ourselves and and continue the podcast after you know really three consecutive seasons of just seeing things take off and 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 our listenership really take off so first and foremost, thank you to everybody for sticking with us and, and continuing to, to ride with us. It's it's awesome. And we're looking forward to bigger and better things throughout this season. And so with the pandemic and, and everything that's gone on, it's been a, a, a really big challenge on our end to get us all together, to be able to do this and to, to make it good enough to put out there for our listeners, because we do feel like you deserve the best. And so to have us together um, is a big deal. And so we're doing this via Zoom. I think all of us are, are at home, looks like. And, you know, we really haven't been at the station together. I know that I'm there once a week to do Sports Sunday. Nate Hansen is uh, saying, heck no, that's not happening. And Jared Cowley is as well saying no. But it's so good to, to see your guys' faces and do this again. So I just want to give you guys a, a moment to check in and see how you guys are doing. So, Jared, how, how's life treating you, man?
0: Hey life is as good as you can expect. I mean it's the pandemic makes everything more difficult, you know. You have a lot of the things that you love have been taken away because of the pandemic and that includes recording this podcast, you know. It's been like you said Orlando, it's been difficult to find the time for us to be able to get together. Nate and I are digital producers at the station, so The Blazers is a very small portion of what we do at KGW. It's I would say for me, it's my favorite part of my job. And so I've missed being able to get together and talk blazers with you guys and have this be, you know, I've, I've always loved recording this podcast. Um, and so it's, it's awesome to be back together. We really would like to, as the season's starting now, hopefully get you guys a, a podcast every week. And we're committed to making that work and we're committed to making that happen because we enjoy You know the interaction we have with with listeners too, Um, and we know that there is a lot of interest in the Blazers, and there's a lot of interest in good Blazers podcasts, and um, we're happy to bring that to you guys, and we're committed to making it work this season. Um, But as far as just life, uh, doing pretty well. You know things are crazy with all the kids. I've got Uh, for those of you who don't know, I've got five kids, and they're all at home doing school in one way or the other. Uh, My oldest, who graduated last year, he's taking a gap here from college because the pandemic is insane and working at Home Depot and we're all just, uh, getting to know each other a lot better. <laughs> you know, we're everyone's best friend now because there's no room for other friends because of the pandemic. So, um, it's been pretty crazy, but it's good. And, you know, we're all going to get through this. And we're going to get through it together. Um, and I'm glad to be back here recording with you guys.
2: Yeah, and I'll just uh, I'll jump in. My life is a lot less hectic than Jared's because I, I <laughs>
1: mine too, bro. I live, bro. In, a,
2: I live <laughs> in a tiny apartment all by myself, so I don't have to worry about feeding five other children uh, around me. So it's a lot less hectic. I am happy that it's back to blazer season because that means it's the time where I get to be right all the time. <laughs> you guys back in your place, <laughs> so so I'm thrilled that we've now come come full circle the start of NBA season. And we went through that bubble experience. And as Jared talked about the, the way that season ended with the podcast, we weren't thrilled about the way it ended. Uh, and so we're committed to doing one a week. And I think this will begin to feel more like a regular NBA season. Obviously there will probably be circumstances that are abnormal because of the pandemic, but you know, it feels like once this gets going that this will be more like a normal NBA season. And Blazers fans right now, uh, they have a lot to be excited about based on what's happened over the last week. And so I'm excited to talk about it and hear what you guys think.
1: Man, yeah, it's good to hear from you guys. I'm glad to see that you're both doing well. Um, same goes for me, you know, other than just dealing with the circumstances that we're all impacted by, you know, my, my wife and, and I and our dog Marley, uh, you know, are, are doing well. So uh, it's it's just good to be back and to have sports for me is such a huge deal since, you know, that's part of my livelihood and, and my job. So to see the NBA come back, to do the bubble, to see it succeed, um, everybody stayed healthy. Um, It really at least gave us some hope that, you know, things can happen that, you know, we're not always going to be like this. And so, this season's going to be unlike any other as well as as we go through this especially early on you know we we may see games we may not who knows but as it stands right now we have a season to cover and what the blazers did this off season uh just hearing you know the the pulse of of the, the folks around us our viewers uh it's been really awesome so we've got a lot to to tackle we have a, a lot of players to say hello to to reintroduce to and also say goodbye to, and so really interested to get your guys' opinions on that. So let's just dive into it, man. Uh, you know, we got the, the Woj bomb that that kind of really set this thing off with Robert Covington coming to the Portland Trail Blazers. Kind of that that unicorn, that that player, that three and D style that Rip City has been craving that the Blazers have needed for so long. And and now they get one that can defend and, and shoot the three. And so I'd like to start there with what the Portland Trailblazers were able to do in acquiring Robert Covington, you know, trading away Trevor Ariza, uh, along with two first-round picks, including this year's first-round pick. And and I'd like to get your take on that. And, Jared, we'll start with you and just in terms of what Robert Covington brings to the table.
0: He's exactly what this roster has needed for, for years. He's what – we all hoped al Minu, Aminu and Mo Harkless would be and never quite lived up to, you know, the Blazers have needed a three and D forward to complement Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and now Yusuf Nurkic for as long as we've been covering this team. And I can't think of a better three and D forward in the NBA right now. One who's been more consistent for a longer period of time than Robert Covington he he's not an elite three-point shooter, but he's a good three-point shooter who shoots three pointers at a high volume. So he's going to stretch the defense. He's going to keep defenses honest, which is important. Um, He's an excellent, excellent team defender, a very good one-on-one defender. He's the kind of defensive player that's going to clean up a lot of mistakes that around him. And when you think of the possibilities of what they could put in the starting lineup with Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, who's also a very good defender possibly you know the other acquisition of jones jr he's a very good defender or even rodney hood who's a you know a decent defender all of a sudden now you have a defensive unit in the starting lineup that um isn't going to lose this team games like you saw last season i mean last season the blazers were still third in offense a very good offensive team one of the best in the nba but they were one of the worst defenses in the nba so You need to have some kind of balance there. The Blazers' offense is going to continue to be great, but you need that defense to at least be middle of the pack in the NBA. And I think Robert Covington, in my mind, assures that at least and also gives them the potential to, like you've seen with Stotts in a couple of seasons here, be even maybe a top 10 defense, which is if the Blazers can maintain their offensive identity and excellence and also get to where they have a top 10 defense, that's where you then become a contender to get back to the Western conference finals for the second time in three years, which I think is this team's, I don't know, maybe their ceiling. I don't think that this is a finals team, not with the Lakers in the Western conference, but I think that they, with the moves they've made, I think they could certainly get back to the Western conference finals if things fall right.
1: Nate, your opinion
2: on Roko. It Jared hit on the defense and that's what that's what he's going to bring to this team that matters the most because Jared talked about how the Blazers were one of the worst defenses in the league last year it was no secret they were 27th out of 30 teams in defensive rating and the teams that were below them were the Hawks, Wizards, and Cavaliers who were all terrible and then the teams the two teams directly above them were the warriors and the hornets who were also terrible. Oh my gosh. That was the company they That's were really bad with. company. Oh, <laughs> that was the company they were keeping with last season as the 27th ranked defense. Uh, and offensively they were a top 3 offense last year. And when you balance those twos out, you know, 3 and 27, you're going to probably be somewhere right in the middle of the pack. And guess what? That's where the blazers ended up being by the time season's end came and they were the 8th seed in the Western Conference. So to me, that's where Neil Olshay talked about it. You know, their biggest focus this offseason was getting versatile players who can help them on the defensive end. And Robert Covington fits that bill. He can play multiple positions for the Blazers. And as Jared talked about, he's a really good defensive – team defensive player. And so if the Blazers can just get to even league average defensively this year and and keep that offense at a top three or top five level, then this team is going to be much improved to what we saw last year, and Blazers fans won't be pulling their hair out near as often because this team will be less frustrating and more fun to watch.
1: It's incredible how, you know, one player who is not even an all-star can have this type of impact, at least on paper, but it's so true just based on those defensive needs, uh, how much he fits what the Portland Trail Blazers need to happen, you know, so I will say this week was really exciting for me because uh, we got a chance to hear from all of these players over the past couple of days. Uh, the, the Blazers had media availability on via Zoom, so it's probably about 15, 20 of, of us media members in there firing off questions at um, a lot of these uh, players. Um, you know, from Neil O'Shea to all of the the new additions. And the one thing that that really just stuck out to me about Robert Covington is I really think Blazers fans are going to love this guy. Uh, not only does he fit what the Blazers need on the court, but off the court, like this guy is is just – he's in the right mind frame as – Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and even Yusuf Nurkic—they're a little bit older, but they're right in that prime window. So they've been around the league a little bit. This guy has gone through a lot and just seems like he's had a peaceful place in his life, uh, personally. And his—you know—he he mentioned a lot about his religion and his faith and uh, just finding that mentality that it takes. And then when it comes to on the court, it was really refreshing to hear a guy that is talking about his role and saying it's not about the stat sheet. If you watch me play, you're going to see how much I impact the game and he doesn't need the attention. He doesn't, you know, need to be praised, but winning is his ultimate goal. And that's what he wants to bring to the table is to do all of the little things that this Portland Trail Blazers team hasn't had. And so to hear him talk like that, I think it's just a huge deal. And I think Blazers fans are going to love that that he just fits so well in many ways. And it's not just on the court, but in the locker room as well. And so, guys, I want to get to um, all of the moves that they made, but I just thought that Robert Covington deserved kind of its own separate uh, portion because it was such a big deal. But that wasn't the only move. That was kind of the thing that set this whole free agency thing off in a you know four-day span, roughly, that just had us all refreshing our – Our phone's wondering when the the next Woj bomb was coming or was Sham's going to come up with it. And so the Portland Trailblazers also acquiring Derek Jones Jr. I know that a lot of people have something to say about him and how they think he fits in. Uh, Harry Giles, welcome back Ennis Cantor. They drafted C.J. Ellaby with the 46th pick in the second round. And then they re-signed Carmelo Anthony and they re-signed Rodney Hood. And we got to say goodbye to Trevor Riza, Mario Hazania, and at this point, looks like goodbye to Hassan Whiteside. So, guys, I want to give you the floor after hearing all of the movement that has happened within the Portland Trail Blazers and your initial reaction to what has been just a wild week in Portland. Nate, you want to take us off?
2: Sure. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about for the Blazers. Uh, Their biggest issue – last season was depth and and that was an issue going into the year. We had talked about that before last season started. We we had talked about how if everything goes right for the Blazers, they could be competing for the West. But they didn't have any front court depth and if things if there were a couple injuries here and there, this could this could turn out badly for them. And as we saw, that's exactly what happened. And so I think that that experience for the Blazers, I think just Reinforce that they need to have depth on this team, especially in a shortened season where you're trying to cram as many games in as possible. You're going to need as many bodies as possible. And what they did this offseason is they brought in a bunch of capable, proven players in the league. You know, they're not counting on Anthony Simons this year to be the best guard off the bench. They're not counting on Zach Collins, who has never started an extended period of time, to be your season long starter at the power forward position. And they brought guys in who have either had success here in Portland in Ennis Cantor and then re-signing Rodney Hood and Carmel Anthony, and they brought in other guys who have had success elsewhere in Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr., which just on a team that got to the NBA Finals in Miami Heat. So what I think what the Blazers did is you look at this roster and suddenly last year you couldn't figure out if there were five players worthy of playing last year And now you're looking at the roster, trying to figure out how are they going to get not 10, 11 guys into the rotation? And I didn't even talk about Gary Trent Jr. Who is obviously going to be part of the mix as well.
0: Yeah. When you think about the potential reserve unit that you could see from the Blazers, depending on who starts, I mean, you've got CJ's going to be the backup point guard. I don't think Simons is, I don't think Simons is going to play a lot this year. I think that the, the aim, I mean, barring injury, this team's focus is going to be getting back to the Western conference finals at, at least. And so I don't think Simons really fits into, into that. And you know, it's not going to be a development year where he's going to get a lot of runs. So I think, you know, you're going to have CJ playing most of the backup minutes at point guard. And then you've got, depending on who starts, you could have Rodney hood, Derek Jones, Jr. Uh, Jr., Ennis Cantor, uh, you know, Gary Trent, Jr., I mean, these are guys all coming off the bench. And like Nate said, they're all capable players that you know you can count on. I mean, it still depends on health. That's, that's the thing with this team. I mean, there are some players who have had some injury history on this team, and they need to stay healthy, you know, starting with Yusuf Nurkic. But I think if this team stays healthy, they have the talent to compete with any team in the NBA on any given night, and they have the depth to do so. And that was not the case last year. Um, and so this is a this is a whole new ball game for this team. And I think, you know, below the the Lakers and the Clippers in my mind, this team is right there at the top of, of the, the the next tier of teams in the West. And I think that the Lakers are the clear title favorites. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they are the clear title favorites. But I also I, I look back at this as maybe this is going to be a season kind of like um, the ninety nine two thousand season you know when the lakers and blazers were competing for the best record in the western conference and met in the conference finals and the blazers lost that year and they might if that happened again they might lose to this lakers team because that like this lakers team is a juggernaut but i think that they could get back and 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 be challenging for for one of the best records in the western conference and I can't say enough about the job Neil O'Shea has done and not only bringing in good players in the off season, but bringing in players that really fit this roster and fill the needs that we saw, you know, on this team last year that needed to be filled. I mean, just it it all starts with Robert Covington. I know we already talked about him, but the acquisition of Robert Covington turns this from a, you know, a fine off season into a great off season, because if you think back to, Who's the player that everyone, every Blazers fan really wanted when you thought of a three and D4, which Blazers fans have been clamoring for for years? It was Covington. It always was. He was the, the golden goose and, and the Blazers went out and got him. And that's, that's outstanding. So I'm, I'm really high on the potential of this team. They have to stay healthy, but I think the sky's not exactly the limit, but pretty dang close. Um, I think that this is a really talented team. Neil,
1: Neil O'Shea, uh, you know, had, had said, you know, this was this is what we were going for. We, we were looking for guys that are athletic, that can defend and also knock down some shots. And there's no doubt this team got better. They're all on that timeline with Damian Lillard in his prime. That's been such a huge topic for us within this podcast has been they need to build a team around Damian Lillard. And I feel like this was probably the first time where we've heard Old Shea kind of openly say that, that it has that vibe where you started to feel like Old Shea now has brought in this group of of players. Now, Terry, it's your turn to make something happen. Now that I've I've provided you with the guys. And so this window is is there. It, we are in it. Like, and I think this is one of the best opportunities that Damian Lillard will have to reach that championship, to have that parade go down Broadway. And you're right. The Lakers are the clear cut favorite. They are a juggernaut, as you mentioned, but this makes the Portland Trail Blazers so much better because it was always such a joke when you played a team like the Lakers this past season, you said, well, who's going to guard LeBron, you know, and no disrespect to Gary Trent Jr. Who is an amazing defender and was awesome, but they didn't have that player that you could look to and say, all right, who's guarding Kawhi today. Who's going to stop their best player. And I'm not saying that, you know, one-on-one Covington is going to, is going to do that, but man, did the Blazers just get so much better in in terms of doing that. And so I understand the, the, the hype and excitement around this team and they've just elevated themselves. And ultimately it's going to come down to health, as we've mentioned, but they have a full season of Yusuf Nurkic. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that. And as good as Nurk looked, Uh, In the bubble, man. There's there's reason for optimism, and like Olshay said, we've got our fourth guy. We've got our fourth guy every game, and that's something that the Blazers haven't been able to say. They've been constantly putting stuff together, shuffling guys out, hoping that one guy will deliver one night. And who's going to be the next one? And so I think that there's just there's a lot of reason to be excited about this. And so now that we're on this topic, you know how we roll with three questions, three answers for this pod. Uh, Nate and Jared always do a great job of of coming up with these topics and this one segues beautifully. And that is what grade would you guys give the Blazers for their off season?
0: I'll give them an, I'll give them an A. I'm not going to give them an A plus because, you know, I think that I like Derek Jones Jr. But I would have preferred someone like Jay Crowder. And I think that he fits the, the makeup of this roster a little bit better. He's on the same timeline as as these guys, but I, I I'm fine with Derek Jones Jr. So you know just maybe if they could have I think that Sir, Serge vaca would have been a cool signing with the MLE. So there's little things like that that I was kind of hoping for that that I'm not going to give it you know the the top mark. But when you look at what they had to work with, the Trevor Ariza is their main trade chip, the mid the mid you know the mid level exception. Minimum contracts, the the holes that you knew they needed to fill, I they they did all of it. I mean, going back to the this Western Conference, if you want to win the West, you're going to have to go through most likely the Lakers, and or the Clippers, and you're going to have to go through the the forward tandems that those two, those two teams have, elite forwards, and the Blazers had no one no one to throw at those guys last year, and this year they do. They have that depth that at least you're not going to stop LeBron or AD or Kawhi or, or Paul George, but you can at least put people out there who aren't just going to get embarrassed and who are going to be able to stand up to them defensively somewhat. So considering what they had to work with, what they needed, this offseason's an A for me. I mean, I think you see it. You see the national pundits out there. I don't disagree with them. Most of them are saying, yes, the Lakers won the offseason because they got better and they're the champs, but the Blazers have been, number two on just about everyone's list
2: man i i wish jared was my teacher in school man he he gave him an a but then said a couple of things he wished they would have done better in the process
0: are you the Uh, one who who says there's no such thing as an a plus well there isn't such a thing as an a plus see that's where i was coming from and there is something there is there are a pluses in my book but yeah i i didn't give them the Top grade because I was thinking a top grade would be A plus, and so I had a couple things to, you know, to quibble with. But that's why I didn't give them an A plus. But if there's no A plus, then I guess, I don't want to give them a B. This is an A grade. Go ahead.
2: Oh man, I just I'm half expecting Jared to pull out a couple bottles of champagne and just start <laughs> popping and spraying them in
1: their whole office. Uh,
2: the, Blazers, the Blazers have had a good off season. Uh, I would give them a B plus
0: for uh wait and so how how can there be a b plus but not an a plus
2: there is no such thing we're not going to get into this we're here to talk <laughs> blazers <laughs> we, we can get into that another time
0: all right fine uh,
2: i'll give him a b then on jared's scale uh jared mentioned it's uh the derrick jones jr signing that's the one where i think you're putting some real trust into a guy that he's gonna get better um and that he's going to really fit in with this team because he's not a good outside shooter. Uh, He is very explosive, athletic, can get to the rim, long lengthy, a good defender. And that's what they're hoping that his skill set will bring to this team and that they won't have to rely on him for shooting. But I'm always a little bit iffy on guys who on threes and fours who can't shoot from the outside currently. And he is one of those players and you gave him $10 million a year, granted only two years. And he was just on a team who was in the NBA finals, but he wasn't good enough to actually play for them in the NBA finals. So what exactly are you investing? That's kind of the reason I don't give him an A is because of that signing. I just, and I'm not saying it will be a bad signing. It could end up being a great signing. And then we'll look back on this four months from now and be like, Oh, it was an A off season. I should have had bottles of champagne to pop alongside Jared as well. But, Uh, I need to see it with him first but given the given how limited their options were this off season to improve this team if you had told me a week ago that this was the roster that they were going to end up with I would say Blazers fans should be thrilled going into this season and I think they should be Uh, I just don't think it was to me an A is that was as good as they could have possibly done and I don't know if it was but it, it was close and so uh neil Olshay deserves some credit with what he was able to do over the last week
1: you know you had me thinking about teachers that grade on a scale you know when things are so tough they have to kind of change the grades around that's what makes me think about the portland trailblazers free agency scale because it is so hard to get anybody to come to portland and what neil Olshay was able to do this off season like you said he deserves a lot of props and they if you wanted to, you could grade on a different scale for the Blazers because they are playing uh, shorthanded in the, in free agency because no one wants to come here. So they have to make stuff happen on their own. And the front office was finally able to do that. And so as much as I criticize and have, have said things about the front office needing to make moves in the past, I think this is a, a spot where they need to be given credit where credit is due. And I thought they nailed this, man. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I'll probably split the difference and say I'll give them – you know, an A minus, but I'm I'm more on the side of giving them an A because of what they were able to do. I I think there's always ways that they can get better. But if, if you're holding me to a grade, I'm going to give them an A minus. But yeah, there's no doubt that they got so much better and had one of the best off seasons in the NBA so far. And adding key pieces, pieces that are going to help you guys that can come in and, and make an impact right away. Like those are all things that matter. I'm with you. I think we need to see what's going to happen with Derek Jones Jr. Um, clearly he's going to be asked to play a major role and is he ready to take that next step with the trailblazers that's yet to be seen and we're going to find out pretty soon here but players like that are going to matter and and, and he's a guy that also takes pride in playing defense like that we don't need you know more guys like Damon CJ we need more guys that are willing to help Damon and CJ and elevate them and, and that's what potentially Derek Jones Jr. Robert Covington these cats are going to be able to do so a-minus for me. And so, guys, along those same lines, the second question of this, and it's kind of a two-parter, is what move was the most important and what move are you guys most skeptical about? Nate, you're up. I'll jump,
2: I'll jump in on this. I think I clearly said who I'm most skeptical about is Derek Jones Jr. <clears throat> what offseason move was the most important? I'm just going to zag a little bit because I feel like we all just say Covington. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this this makes this topic a lot less interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in Rodney Hood's name into the mix, bringing him back uh, because last year we talked about how the Blazers haven't had a three and D. Like Rodney Hood kind of fit that mold for the Blazers for the first month of the year last year. He was their best perimeter defender, and he was hitting 49% from the three point line. Now, it wasn't gonna continue to hit 49% from the three point line throughout the whole year. But if he can be a 40% three-point shooter and come back from that Achilles injury and be a plus defender for the Blazers, I think uh, that was a really key pickup for the Blazers. And I think Rodney Hood fits in really nicely with this lineup. I was kind of concerned when he opted out, like I think everyone else was, that, oh, man, like that would be a pretty big loss for Portland. And so I think bringing him back was, was a really important move. So I'm just going to throw his name into that.
1: Neil Olshay, he said that uh, Rodney Hood should be good to go for the season opener. Uh, The NBA season is supposed to start December 22nd. We still don't know when the Blazers' first game will be, but to have Rodney Hood good to go is a good sign after such a devastating injury. Jared, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I'll go with Covington. we talked about him enough. I mean, I, I agree with Nate. I think that for the sake of the conversation, it would be nice to talk about some of the other good pickups. I think that Cantor, uh, bringing him back is, is really smart. He's going to be excellent as a backup to Yusuf Nurkic. And then he's also proven in this system in Portland that, heaven forbid, if Nurkic does get hurt, he is definitely a good stopgap who can fill in and, and excels in this system. So I think that Cantor's a, an excellent pickup as well. Um, I, think that, I think that Carmelo Anthony is probably the, the move I'm most skeptical about, and it's Nothing against Carmelo. I think that he was great last season, and I love Carmelo, and I want him to finish his career in Portland. I just worry he's never come off the bench before, and I know that Neil O'Shea talked about the conversation that he had with Carmelo Anthony, making it clear that if you're coming back to Portland, you need to understand you will be coming off the bench. And I'm sure that Carmelo said the right things, but in once we get into the season, I I just I'm I'm worried that he's not going to be okay with that or that the Blazers, you know, Terry Stotts might feel obligated to start Carmelo Anthony, even if he's not the best fit in that starting lineup. Um, So I hope it works out. I think that Carmelo Anthony as a reserve, you know, a high scoring reserve off the bench, you know, a focal point of the offense off the bench could be a great fit. I just hope that mentally he's there to where he can accept that next evolution in his career to become, you know, a high level reserve. I, I hope that that works out. Jared's Carmelo- trying to Jared's
2: trying to divide that Blazers locker room already right now, man. <laughs> already trying to do it. That's what
0: I like to hear, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hope it works out.
1: And Ol Olshay did mention, you know, that Carmelo Anthony had options to go other places. He had offers. And so that does say a lot about Carmelo Anthony's willingness to at least try this new role and to be quote unquote featured with the second group of guys. So, yeah, there's still a lot to be determined there. But he also left the window open of saying, you know, we need a guy that can close and he hits big shots. So he may be satisfied when it comes to that. And Terry Stott's putting him in, in you know, late in games. So we'll see what happens with that. I think that's an interesting angle to follow. Uh, Last question here, guys. Now that we have an idea what this roster will look like this season, where do the Blazers stack up in the Western Conference? Jared, you're up.
0: I think I'll put them third. I think I'm going to put the Lakers and Clippers ahead of them. Um, went back and forth on the Clippers because the Clippers weren't very good in the playoffs last year, but I still think that that's a really talented roster. I like the moves they made in the off season. So I think the Lakers are a clear number one. I'm going to give the Clippers number two, but I think the Blazers, this team, if they stay healthy, is better than any of the other, you know, second tier contenders in the Western Conference and I'm going to give them number three
2: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna waffle on this a little bit you know you know how I how I do on these things sometimes (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna say Jared's right that uh the Lakers should be one and I think I agree the Clippers should be two uh but number three I don't know if there's a clear-cut number three I think the Blazers are right there in that mix. I think they're right there with Denver. Denver had an offseason where they, you know, you'd expect they might take, they might not be as good as the team that finished and got to the Western Conference Finals last year. But, you know, they still did get to the Western Conference Finals last year. And I'm not I'm not ready to say the Blazers are, are ahead of Denver at this point. So I, I think they're right there in that 3-4 mix, which, you know, considering – uh, with the way last season ended, you will definitely take that as a Blazers fan. And I think it's, I think they have a better chance at actually living up to being a top four team in the West going into this year than they did last year when we thought they could, but they really had to have everything break their way. I think they could even have some bumps in the road this year and still be a top four team in the
1: West. Lots of experience on this Blazers team. I think that's going to help them early on. Whereas teams like the Lakers who had to make a deep playoff run in the bubble uh, may rest some guys. There may be some games that the Blazers can take. I think that they are a three to a four seed, like you guys said, but there's opportunity there. They might not be the best team in the West, like we said, but to jump out to a hot start is going to be key for them. And that's going to help them later on in the season. So, you know, I guess I'll, I'll say they're the four seed. I'll give respect to Denver, who was just in the conference finals. All right, guys, we've got listener questions that we'd like to get to, and we have to go to our boy, Matthew, Reverend Romulus. Thank you so much for always listening to us, man, and for your questions. So here we go. What will contribute the most to the Blazers' success this season? The addition of Covington, Nurk Healthy from day one, or the fact that Neil remembered the power forward position exists and signed some this year? Also, <laughs> the family says hello. So what's good? What do you guys think?
0: uh we missed you too um i i'm I'm gonna go with i liked the power forward uh comment that that made me chuckle but it's it's nurk to me um we saw what he was in the bubble last year he was incredible um he he exceeded i think all of our expectations and you get him back if he can stay healthy all season long i mean nurk changes this team in every way on offense and and on defense he's their second best player and so for me, it's 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 Nurk. If he's healthy from day one and stays healthy, that has that will contribute more to the Blazers su- success this season than than whatever power forwards they added or even Robert Covington.
2: You know, Jared, I don't like to admit when you're right, <laughs> but, but I got to say when you're right, you're right. It, it's having <laughs> Nurk for a full season that as long as he can stay healthy, that's going to have the biggest impact on this team this year.
1: Guys, it's it's so good to see you guys and hear from you again. Zoom is telling me that we have one minute left.
0: We've got so, we've got one more question from our actually from our colleague. We should hit that before we're done.
1: Oh, you want to squeeze it in? All right, yeah. rapid fire. <laughs> are we all in? Off-season moves are promising. From Chris McGinnis. What up, Chris?
0: <laughs> yes, I think the Blazers are all in. I think that if you've listened through to the end of this podcast you can see that we all feel that way they are as, as all in as they can be and I believe that every player on that roster right now believes they're going to contend for a championship
2: yes they're all in could they be more all in yes we'll have to talk <laughs> about that some other time
1: oh, there's nice. still time great tease from the one and only Nate Hansen. Jared always right as usual it's good to see you guys again <laughs> zoom come on man give us more time It's good to have you guys back. We'll run it back in about a week or so. Talk to you soon. We out.